This is the business plugs, cryptocurrency chat, May 13th. I'll do it again. 2022. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you, man. How are you? I'm all right, man. There's um, <clears throat> something happened to me last night, man. I got robbed. I didn't tell you about it. Thankfully, you know, my family's all right. Obviously, I'm still alive, but it really shook me up. Okay, man. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, bro. I went to the gas station. It was $4.09. Isn't that ridiculous? I didn't know who to call. I couldn't call the police. I couldn't call the president. Inflation's through the roof, man. Let's get into this chat. Uh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> okay. Right, so, okay, so yeah, you got robbed because they charged me all this extra Bro, money I, I, I promise you, I promise you, inflation, we can't keep up, so... That's why we're having this chat. We're always gonna walk, we're always gonna look at the markets. You know, the first thing I want to get to you with um, is the euro. I, the euro may become the same value as the dollar. I am I did I really just say that? Man, I mean, yeah, they're close to parity. I didn't look at it recently. Maybe I need to pull out my charts here. I'm gonna do that as we speak. But yeah, man, the euro was uh, 103.9 or something, like a little bit below 1.04, but it hit the 1.03 today. So, um, man, that's uh, definitely crazy. Um, I hope it doesn't reach parity, um, but it's definitely a possibility. Definitely, definitely. Um, moving on, I think Tether, I'm, I'm looking, I keep watching Tether. I tweeted at, at them yesterday. Obviously, they didn't respond. I'm very questionable about Tether. Now that we can officially announce that Luna, that project is done. That That's totally done. You know, I, I, I'm just very interested in Tether. Right now, I, I'm not buying any stable coins. I'm not keeping a cent in any stable coins. Yeah, I know that the, uh, well, I mean, for those of you who don't know, Luna and Tether are two cryptocurrencies. Um, and basically, it's, uh, USDT is a stable coin and it lost its peg, meaning it's not worth a dollar anymore. But I think uh, I need to bring up my market charts here. But I mean, it, it was as low as 17 cents recently. Um, but definitely, I, I understand Tether's CTO, I think, spoke out on it today. If it wasn't the CEO, I can't remember. Um, it said people don't have anything to worry about because they're, uh, it's not an algorithmic stable coin like um, USDT, like Tether, uh, like uh, Terra was, not Tether. Um, but yes, uh, Tether also, also went uh, below a dollar for a little while, but I think it had to do with the USDT fears that people were having. Um, I mean, it remains to be seen. Um, I don't believe uh, Tether has made it public uh, exactly how they're backing up all of the assets to, or how they are backing up every single USDT one-to-one to, uh, -to, -one to the dollar. Um, but it remains to be seen. We'll see what happens. You're definitely right. You're definitely right. Um, you know, I made the joke earlier about the gas the gas price. I was, I was surprised, but then I wasn't surprised. I think last week I paid $3.96, and then yesterday I paid $4.09. And then yesterday, I noticed that the average gas price here in America rose by three cents. So gas is on a rise. Um, it's going to definitely increase. Um, I think Russia has stopped supplying Finland with their oil. 
So no matter what happens, it's going to increase. And um, another thing that I wanted to say is I'm doing all this talking about inflation and I've been talking about it. You know, I've already stated my claim about I think we're already in a recession. But one thing that I didn't notice is South or not South America, Latin America. Their inflation is around 15 percent compared to 6 percent last year. And I think Latin America is going to lead outside of Africa. It's definitely they're, they're going to have no choice but to come to Bitcoin. I don't I don't think they're going to have a choice. They can their, their governments have literally failed them in a whole in terms of providing um, their citizens with a, a proper economy. I think that's a very, uh, I mean, I quickly saw a headline, I think, about inflation being higher in Latin America than it is pretty much in the Western world. Well, when I say Western world, I mean the United States and Europe, maybe. But, um, yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, it's, that also remains to be seen. They definitely aren't going to be agreeing with their own uh, country's cryptocurrency. In fact, the IMF, actually, with Argentina, they kind of basically are bribing their governments because I think they gave them some sort of loan and they're telling their the banks not to give their uh, give the citizens the options of uh, of using or even being able to trade or um, transact in uh, cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, I think specifically. Um, you might have to fact check me on that, but um, we'll see. I think you're absolutely right that these countries are going to be rebellious. They're going to be rebellious, and they're going to feel that using their government's currency is not in their best interest, and they're going to have to put their assets elsewhere. But in the West, in the United States, it doesn't hurt us as bad. I mean, we still have inflation, but I think because we control and we run the world in terms of uh, monetary policy, um, or in terms of like being the having the strongest currency in the world to reserve currency, that we're not going to uh, we're not going to see it in the same light as those in Latin America. You're definitely right. You're definitely right. So I think before our eyes, we're seeing a battlefield. We're seeing a battlefield. It's mixed in with what some people call the new world order we're seeing a we're seeing basically a war between what's going to be the number one currency in 2030 and what's going to be the strongest economy and the strongest country in 2030 it's very interesting to see um, basically how our economies are obviously all of our economies are connected but it's 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 kind of it's kind of scary because you know this war has shown me that okay we can cancel or we can try to put russia in a little box and you know we can tariff them and tariff them and we sanction and sanction but in a sense it's kind of showing me how reliant we were on russia russia just like you know if we if we were to do the same thing to china that we're doing to russia when i say we i'm talking united states it would hurt both of our economies. So it's almost like we're seeing who can survive in the deep end of the pool the longest. That's that's what I feel like is going on right now in in many areas around the world. Um, even I noticed in Iran, there's already food shortages. So food shortages are going to continue. Inflation's on a rise. To me, this is a perfect storm for Bitcoin tonight to kind of emerge. When we first talked about Bitcoin, you know, it took me a while to understand the code, understand its value. And I think you told me, you know, I'm pretty sure you told me 
you're not going to understand Bitcoin until you understand money and how money is printed and how uh, money is connected in our world. So it seems that our world is becoming more unstable as we continue to get into the summer. And if this war continues and if it pops up in other places, maybe the Middle East, for example, it seems Bitcoin is going to slowly and slowly become another option. Not because, you know, someone like my dad, who's worked hard all his life and has been very successful, he's not going to take that risk and invest in something which he's told me he does not understand. But if the economies, if the world economy continues to spiral as it is, you know, people are going to really say, hey, you know, what is this Bitcoin? And I, and I personally think as the United States government continues to sanction Putin himself and his best friends, you know, not to mention some, but, you know, the, the old Chelsea owner, also Roma Abramovich, he's getting sanctioned. As Putin continues to feel that heat from getting sanctioned, I think he's, I'm hoping that he's, he's going to invest in Bitcoin. Um, so I've read some reports that Putin may be richer than Elon Musk because Putin has played the long game in terms of, in terms of gaining power in Russia and becoming more of a world leader. And he's putting, he's put a lot of his money in places that the United States and the West can't see it and can't sanction it. So my hope is that, um, Bitcoin will continue to be strong, which it is today. The price of Bitcoin today right now is 30655 and that's a steal. Uh, I think that at some point, Bitcoin, the price could literally just skyrocket within 24 hours. Yeah, I mean, I think what we're seeing right now is a lot of uncertainty. This is not really a normal for uh Bitcoin, I mean, Bitcoin has gone through a lot of bubbles. I think we've, I mean, if you want to call it a bubble, but it's been through a lot of uh, ups and downs. We all know it's a volatile asset. And you and I have both experienced uh, several crashes. Um, but, uh, yeah, in terms of Russia, I mean, and Bitcoin, I mean, Bitcoin is kind of like continuing the trend of the Internet. I mean, the Internet, when it came out, um, it pretty much just extended this idea of globalization and that we live in a somewhat borderless world right and that's kind of what bitcoin is doing it's providing this sort of borderless payments payment system that is trustless as uh as it's called so that we don't have to rely on uh governments making decisions for us i think one of the biggest things about bitcoin and this is kind of what the issue that governments have with it is that um well governments have less control and um, the question that I think most people need to ask themselves is uh, if they really trust that the government is going to always have their best interest in mind. Yes, of course, it's easier to have the government um, make decisions for you because you can go about your daily business. And I completely understand that. But when we go back and look at the 2007, 2008 financial crisis, we can see that a lot of Americans or actually it extends outside of the United States. A lot of people got burned. And I mean, I do know that the Lehman Brothers Bank got um, got pretty much dissolved, um, but a lot of those Wall Street banks got got bailed out, you know, and what happened to people? Well, I mean, it was tough luck, you know, it's not like they just got a ton of money back. I mean, they got burned, you know, so that's uh, it's very unfortunate. What we're seeing right now is what we, I would call a correction. A lot of people are having fear, so they're putting it into safer assets such as uh, 
government bonds or they may feel that the dollar as the world's reserve currency is the safest place to put their money right now, even though we're seeing still high numbers of inflation. Um, so it's it's uh, it's going to be interesting to decide how uh, Russia decides to handle Bitcoin. I know they were going to accept some payments in Bitcoin at some point. I didn't really follow, follow that story um, further. But um, if you see Bitcoin as the world currency, it's going to change the way that we as people interact with each other um, and what we consider as valuable, even though a lot of people try to make the argument that Bitcoin isn't backed by anything. But um, would you rather carry gold bars everywhere um, and let someone else uh, determine if you have a certain value of gold? Or would you rather have something that no matter where you go, you can still uh, escape um, from the system that's trying to uh, that may potentially hold you back? For no reason. And I think that's one of the biggest fears about CBDCs is that governments will have more control and not less control. Um, so when CBD, if CBDCs become a thing, then we're going to see a lot. Uh, we're going to see pretty much an attack on our privacy. So, I mean, the United States government is being very careful about CBDCs. I know that the digital one, uh, yuan already exists in China. Um, so, I mean, this whole Bitcoin thing is a revolution. And the crazy thing is that we're still early in the game. So, I mean, some people will, who don't understand crypto may laugh and say that crypto crashed down to 30. Oh, my God. But if you look at a few years ago, when I first entered crypto, it was like $6,000. And that wasn't even four years ago. So, I mean, well, maybe it was only, maybe it was about four years ago, a little bit over four years ago. So, I mean, that's, that's a pretty big jump. That's like 6000 to uh, 30000 is a 5X. So, I mean... It's, it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out. I don't know if I necessarily believe that it's going to skyrocket very soon because I think people are still too scared to invest into a, such a risky asset. But I do think that um, the longer that this plays out, people will start to realize that I need to keep my purchasing power, um, and that will. Uh, and I think the wise, I think wise people will uh, not want to be left behind. You're definitely right. I think you know. I was listening to. Um, some high people up in the United States of government and there was finally agreeing that this inflation isn't just just a transitionary period from COVID-19 to 2022 going into 2023. They're finally seeing that inflation is here and they're agreeing that they should have raised rates earlier, which is kind of scary. The fact that they're saying that they should have raised rates earlier kind of tells me that we're in for a rough ride. Even if Russia didn't invade in Ukraine, we would still, in some aspect, be in for a rough ride in terms of total inflation and the the value, the like you like to say, the purchasing power of the dollar. So as we move on into, you know, we're in quarter two, quarter three, quarter four. It's really going to be interesting to see how the dollar dollar and the euro uh, respond to the increase in uh, the Fed's rates. Uh, I don't necessarily think anything can be done. Well, a lot of things can be done, but I don't think it's going to be done. I think the best thing that we can do now is to continue to invest in code. Um, one of the things, you know, someone asked me, why do I like Bitcoin? And I, and I refer them to the Business Books blog. If you do not understand why people are crazy about Bitcoin, um, go to businessblogs.com. We have a blog. There's several blogs about different cryptocurrencies. But specifically, read the one about Bitcoin. 
you know, and it will kind of explain to you why Bitcoin is a great alternative to the dollar, to the euro, and to the pound. Yeah, I definitely re- I recommend reading that uh, blog post that uh, Jordan wrote. Um, I mean, I mean, I, I won't go into too many details about why people are crazy about Bitcoin, but one of the biggest things has to do with its uh, supply cap. There will only ever be 21 million Bitcoins, and we're right now at 19 million. Um, I think I said 21 million, right? 21 million Bitcoin and 19 million Bitcoin. That's how yeah. many we are at right now. So, um that's one of the things i mean the united states government one of the mech well let's say the federal reserve not the government even though they're a part of it in in a way um even though some people say they're independent um but what basically what the federal government does is one of the things that they have at their disposal is to be able to print more money in order to affect markets that's a part of their monetary policy so um but that doesn't happen with bitcoin so i mean your purchasing power should theoretically stay um or increase over time, depending on how you uh, transact with it. So I do believe that people will get paid. And, I mean, people are already getting paid in Bitcoin now. So um, that may become a norm. More and more people may decide that they want to be uh, paid in something that uh, that cannot be inflated because Bitcoin is a deflationary asset. I mean, there are three types of, uh, well, there, there, it's either, there are either inflationary uh, cryptocurrencies and there are deflationary. So Bitcoin, because its supply cap is fixed, um, is a deflationary cryptocurrency um, and inflationary cryptocurrencies just keep continue to increase. And if that demand doesn't keep up with the uh, increase in supply, then we see a, a, redu- a reduction in purchasing power. And that's what's happening with the U.S. dollar. Um, a lot of dollars are being printed. Um, you may have a certain amount, but over time, um, if you're not making the same amount as the uh, proportionally, let's say, to the increase, then you're losing a lot of your purchasing power. Yeah, I I read a report that you're talking to to mention, you know, the purchasing power. Social Security benefits here in the United States are bound to increase by almost 9%. That's that's substantial. And, you know, to to bring it further, you know, Social Security is a federal insurance program that is supposed to provide benefits to retired people and those who are unemployed or disabled. So... I personally think that Social Security, the it was when it was created in 1935, it was a good idea. You know, it came from a good place, but it's definitely, if you do the math, it's definitely unsustainable. Because it why is it unsustainable? It's all it's unsustainable because I don't know the the money relies on more people com, going to work and paying for social security and if inflation and or the purchasing power of the dollar continues to rise higher and more more in in an increased rate more than people are you know getting into the workforce then you're not going to have enough money to, to pay the people their benefits which that which is crazy because a lot of people do not understand how money works and how economies are connected. So if you're 21 years old, do you care about social security? No. Do you care about 401k? No. So a lot of people don't wait. They kind of wait. It kind of, a lot of people kind of wait until they're 30 or even 40 to start seriously thinking about social security or 401k. And, you know, if you study the power of compounding, 
and or interest, the sooner you get in, the more money you'll make. So it's it's very important that we continue to, to preach about Bitcoin and certain other cryptocurrency projects because there may be a time where Social Security starts to fall, where people start to look at 401ks and say, yeah, I, I understand the value of my business matching me three or five percent and me investing in a 401k, but I don't trust you anymore. I wanted I want to invest myself. And that's what comes. That's the beauty in cryptocurrency and blockchain technology. You can be your own financial manager. And I think a lot of people in the next century need to take over ownership of their own finances. And that is one thing that I will never do. You'll never come to me and pay me any amount of money to manage your funds. That goes against what I believe in. That goes against what I'm trying to teach. I'm trying to teach you to be in control because the more that you understand, the, the, better, the better person you'll be in general because you can see where you are financially and see where you need to go rather than just receiving you know, a quarterly report that, hey, your 401k went up or, hey, your 401k went down. You're in the dark. But at the end of the day, when you turn 65 or 64, now you want to take it seriously? No, that, that's way too late, just in my opinion. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and explain something. Uh, the new thing I found out was T-Mobile money. You know, I I was reading on Twitter the other day. T-Mobile money is a financial product from obviously the company wireless carrier T-Mobile. So businesses that aren't even in the financial industry are now joining the financial industry. You know, T-Mobile money isn't actually a bank but it's providing many, many of the same services that banks do, like opening up a checking account, depositing your money. And it's, it shows me that there's, there's huge competition for managing your money. And in my opinion, this is very, very, this is very cool. It's very exciting to see other businesses who we know have the, the cash to kind of offer financial services. Yeah, I apologize. I was having some connection issues there. Can you hear me now? Oh, yeah, we can hear you. Great. So um, I missed the very last thing you say, but I did want to comment before on that personal finance statement. You said, um, I cannot stress enough the importance of financial literacy. Um, I mean, this idea that you said is very critical, and I, I think it needs to be repeated. Um, and it's the idea of being in control. Um, and that is the idea behind Bitcoin. That's why you hear a lot of people in the crypto world saying, not your keys, not your coins, right? Um, because what Bitcoin is doing is teaching you not to just let someone else hand, like, take care of everything for you. Um, it's making you, um, putting you in more in control to determine, um, to determine your future. 
Now, um, obviously, some people are looking at these markets every day, and you may want to consider letting some people handle your finances, like putting something into an index fund or a mutual fund, something like that. That I completely understand. But I think the idea is that um, we need to be conscious of where we uh, put our funds and how we uh, handle them. And I mean, if you're a young person right now listening to this, that's, um, then I think one of the most important things is to understand that investing should be done early like you should not wait till you're 50 and i think the idea that you said of compound interest um is very important jordan if you are if you're very young or even if you're old if you're 50 60 not i wouldn't say that's old but i mean older let's say um if you're if you're very young especially look at look at a compound interest calculator and do play play with it a little bit understand like if i were to invest this amount of money every month like what would my long-term uh, gain be you know um I think that's extremely important to understand that concept of uh, compound interest and personal finance is uh, something that unfortunately a lot of people wait way too late to try and understand because when you're 67 years old, maybe even 80, it's going to be a lot more difficult to find that dream job or that dream position that you want or even even uh, try to find funds or get hired at a company. So I think that's a very important thing is to start this, start this journey, start this process while you're young. Or at least start it as soon as possible. If you, even if you're 50, 60 now, like just start. Don't wait until like one day it'll come. Like today, <laughs> in the buyer today, and a lot of the things with these cryptocurrency projects, I would say it's. Really very important that you don't have to listen to things, but it's important that you take what we say with a grain of salt and understand. Yeah, your connection, your connection's going in and out. Oh, okay, that's unfortunate. My last point was basically just to do your own research. It's very important, I think. No problem. I'm going to jump on piggyback with something you said, you know, not your not your keys is not your crypto well you may hear in the cryptocurrency space someone talk about a recovery phrase a recovery phrase is what i call a seed phrase and a seed phrase is usually a series of words they could be 12 24 or even 36 that are generated by your cryptocurrency wallet that gives you access to the crypto associated with that wallet when you create a seed phrase or a wallet when you, cre when you create a wallet, it generates a seed phrase. That seed phrase and that wallet is saved on the blockchain. So as long as you have that seed phrase, no matter what type of wallet you have, say you go to Coinbase wallet and it generates a seed phrase for you, as soon as it generates on the back end, it's saving all of that information on the, on the blockchain. So if Coinbase wallet were to disappear, as long as you have that seed phrase, you can go to another wallet and all of your cryptocurrency will be right there. And it'll be right there because it's saved on the blockchain. Exactly. And I think um, this is a really important point that you're saying. It's because a lot of people leave their money on exchanges. And um, I think Coinbase even said recently, you need to probably chime in here at some point and say the exact uh, wording. But basically, if Coinbase goes bankrupt, then like your money's gone. <laughs> like I'm pretty sure they lend out some of your funds, or at least they use it for uh, use it to make more money on their own, like on your behalf, essentially. And that's what banks do. That's how this whole banking system is with uh, 
with it. Well, at least in the, well, actually, I would say worldwide. I would argue and say worldwide that if you have money in in the U.S., we have fractional reserve banking. Well, basically, they don't have to have your money on 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 hand, which is why it's very difficult when there are bank runs for people to take all of their money out. So I think, um, yeah, it's very it's very important to understand that if you leave your money at, in the exchange, your money is definitely at a higher risk than if you have it on your own wallet. Because if you have it on your own wallet, then you you theoretically should always have access as long as you have access to that seed phrase. Yes, I've definitely noticed when cryptocurrency projects are skyrocketing. Um, this happened once with Ether. It happened once. I'm, I'm talking about Coinbase specifically, but it does happen on other exchanges. It, ha it also happened when Shiba Inu was skyrocketing back, back in September. People were not allowed to sell their crypto when these cryptocurrency projects were either skyrocketing or decreasing. So this is a red flag. You should. It's almost like going to the bank, going to Bank of America, and saying, "Hey, I want to, I want to make a withdrawal," and they tell you, "No, you got to wait 24 hours," or "No, withdrawals are you got to wait 48 hours." We got to wait. That is a huge red flag. You should never ever keep a, a substantial amount of cryptocurrency on exchanges i know for i know coinbase for example they're not really in when you buy something on coinbase they're putting that transaction in the hands of a third party so a third party actually goes and actually buys that cryptocurrency and move and sends it around coinbase is really coinbase this is why coinbase recently came out with a report and said Hey, if we go bankrupt, that money that you see in your Coinbase account, technically we can take that from you, which is absolutely crazy. So hey, when you when you take a step back, it's very interesting to look at these exchanges because what are what are we teaching? We're teaching that you should be in charge of your crypto. But these exchanges are telling you, hey, trust me. So there's kind, of, there's kind of a divide in the cryptocurrency space between people like us who are saying, no, don't trust Coinbase, don't trust Binance. Uh, there's, an, there's several others. And there's other people saying, hey, yeah, you can trust Coinbase. You can trust BitMart. You can trust KuCoin. And uh, moving forward, I think Kronos was it or Crypto.com, they lowered their fees. They lower their fees on one of, on several of their cards, and I think over time these big cryptocurrency exchanges have made a lot of money, and they have a lot of money to invest in marketing. But over time, as people continue to learn and understand, first they have to understand money. Excuse me, money. Then they have to understand Bitcoin. But once they they get to that location where they understand everything they need to understand, then a light bulb is going to go go off, and they're going to be like, wow. So I technically shouldn't rely on BitMart or Binance or KuCoin or, or Coinbase or Gemini. It, it, and I, I think Crypto.com is already seeing the writing on the wall. They're already seeing the writing on the wall that they have to come out with new products. They have to come out with new services. You know, and I'm going to stress it enough. Do not get comfortable relying on these other exchanges to manage your money because at the end of the day if something goes haywire and you need to move it 
they could easily tell you, nope, you you have no access to your own cryptocurrency. And that's very sad. Yeah, what you said is absolutely right. And actually, Coinbase is getting called out of it. I was watching Yahoo Finance. They basically were saying the same thing. Their Coinbase, their business model is basically just commission. I mean, I know they just opened up a new uh, NFT marketplace, which is actually uh, great for them. You know, we'll see if that pops off. Um, but, I mean, you don't have to just take our word for it. Go look at go look up Mt. Gox. Yeah. Mt. Gox back in the day, they got they pretty much uh, got hacked. And basically all of their funds, I think people are still to this day, if I'm not mistaken, trying to get their funds back from that hack. Um, and that's because people kept their money on exchanges. So, I mean, I think we can beat the um, we can beat this to the grave pretty much uh, on the topic of keeping or getting your own seed phrase and getting your own hardware wallet. I think the whole idea of crypto that's scary to people is having custody or having self-custody and not letting someone else take care of it because that's what we're used to. We're used to banks just taking care of everything for us and having people decide or help us decide what we have to do with everything. So I think the, the problem with most people is they just don't, either they're scared or they don't necessarily have time to do the research. But I have to say it's, it, it is worth it. <laughs> it's definitely worth it. This money we're talking about, right? And if you want... If you're one of those people who want to have financial freedom, if you're one of those people who want to uh, be able to live like no one else and give like no one else, give to other people because you're just uh, well off, then this is something that you have to grasp because it's not just going to happen on its own. Definitely, definitely. And Carlos, I thank you for your time. We're, we're going to end this cryptocurrency chat. And if you take one thing away from this chat, we want you to take away that if you don't have the private key or the seed phrase, then you truly do not have any cryptocurrency. Thank you.